little David Letterman. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> mm. All right. Nobody likes David Letterman. I love David Letterman. Okay. I mean, not enough Us to not remember the bit. right now wasn't because we don't like David Letterman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Damn. Damn. oh, I'm sorry. I know that was Damn. savage. Wow. That was savage. Uh, I was no, just about to comment how it was warm in the valley, but that stopped all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. It's okay. That was it's okay. Philly, uh, listen, sometimes it's like I do the like I maybe I watch too much Drag Race and so I'm or like, maybe, oh, maybe well. you're just like my my reading you is because I love you. Yes. Oh, yes. my Sign God. Of respect. Hello and welcome to a new Popsicle Pop-Up. This is an irregular series with a Popsicle... What? When? Where? Well, hello. Where the Popsicle team breaks down stories that we, for whatever reason, just couldn't resist talking about. Basically, it means that one or more of us is dying to talk about something new because we liked it that much. Um, and this is one that I think maybe not all of us wanted to start out talking about or even watching. And we've all just now are on. We're in, right? I think. Because uh, today's Popsicle Pop-Up is about the new Andor series on Disney+. Plus, uh, The show that was created by Tony Gilroy, and this final episode was directed by Benjamin Karen. Um, and of course, I've got my Popsicle team here a day after Thanksgiving. We got Justin. Hey, Justin. Hey, what up? Yeah, hi. How are uh, what'd you? Have for, did you have a turkey? Did you guys go full turkey? We did not go turkey. A, uh, turkey not that popular in my household. And B... You know, avian flu and, you know, like, I mean, we could have gotten one, but no, we, we, we had a, a a less traditional menu. Okay. Oh, well, all right. Acceptable. That's fine. I don't think there's any, like, in, in, the, in America now, tradition is, I think, just sort of squat anyway, generally. Mm -hmm. um, we've got, uh, who, who's mm -hmm, me there? That is Claire, I think. I think that was Claire. Oh, was that me. Kelly Sue? I heard, I, I saw nods and I Kelly couldn't hear. Kelly Sue was like, giving you mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. It was me. Hi, Kesu. How Hi. are you today? I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah. But happy. Good. <laughs> That's good. Claire, you got Claire. <laughs> yes. Hi. Yes, we do. Yeah. I did go full turkey. You so, did. but I yeah. did not have to do the turkey. So I just oh. had to show up and eat things. Which That's was nice. there. You go. That's nice. Best. That's nice. I I know Kesu went full turkey because I was there for it. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a wonderful turkey. Your, it really was. Your, I can't take credit your, for it. Your, that your was mama, all Karen your mama, Sue. Yeah, your mama did a good yep. job on that. Um, and then uh, lastly, but not leastly, the only reason why she's laughed is, last is because she gave me guff before the recording started. It's Lisa, <laughs> Lisa K. Weber. Hi, Lisa Hello. K. Weber. It was, it was loving guff. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> did you do turkey? <laughs> what did you do? I didn't even hear. Did you do turkey with well, your... We did the whole shebang. Yeah, we, did the, we did a pretty traditional situation. Yeah. So yeah, there was turkey there. Okay, very cool. Good. Good. And hopefully everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving um, as well. Uh, and we're in the holidays here and we've got Andor to talk about. So uh, uh, <laughs> I think we're just going to start with, I think we're all excited. Just start with, I suppose, general reactions to the finale because um, it left me breathless at many points in time. Uh, but would somebody like to jump in there with their, their feelings, all the feels that they had with this final episode? I think that's an appropriate question. Because going into before Andor, I don't think people spent a lot of time talking about 
Star Wars and their feelings. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is what it is. It's fun, breathless adventure. It's this sort of, you know, melodramatic good versus evil lightsabers mm-hmm. and tie mm-hmm. fighters and use the force Luke. And, you know, and it's, it's fun. And it, and if you having feels, usually they're feels of nostalgia, you know, remembering what yeah. it was like to have be a kid and to, you know, open the newest Star Wars toy under the tree or something like that, you know? Um, but Andor had me feeling for these people in a way that I can't, I can't overstate, you know? I mean, it really like my heart was wide open multiple times during the series. Mm -hmm. And again, during this finale, like I'm not supposed to watch star Wars with tears in my eyes because of the funeral. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, Hell, this episode, I started off with tears because of, be too oh, emo making I, me so emo oh <laughs> yeah yeah oh, they're ever emos i yeah. love that droid yeah, so much so much and i was so worried about him so oh much. my god i want just want him to be happy so badly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be too want, emo. i want him to see like cassian for more than two minutes oh, that's I what i want just like <laughs> let him see his pops <laughs> i was um I had shared about it on my pre-Thanksgiving thankful post because I knew I wasn't going to have time day of (laughs) to be thankful on the social media. And I ended it by saying, if you're not watching Andor, (laughs) get to it. So many beautiful, redemptive feels. And someone was like, I haven't watched it because it seems depressing. And that, you know, I, they had had left Rogue One feeling very sort of like somber. And I said, you know, it's not like you're going to be feeling so happy the whole time that you're watching the series, but certainly by the end, you're walking away feeling like, man, that was just beautiful. And so dynamic and complex and rich and gorgeous storytelling. So even though, you know, the events of the events of the show are what they are, it was still like, oh, I'm so grateful for this show. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, to talk about like the the, you know, depressing, yes, it is, it is a darker story. I was I I was holding it at arm's length at first, like not watching it. Didn't think mm-hmm. I was going to, because yeah, I like Rogue One. I thought was good, but I, you know, I didn't, I didn't love it. There, I'll just say it. I didn't love it, and so I was like, I was kind of like, I don't know, like more Star Wars content, and I'm not, and you know. Mm-hmm. I'll also out myself. I'm not the hugest Star Wars fan. I don't dislike Star Wars, but I'm not a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, you know, it just seemed like it was reaching this fever pitch of people talking about how special this show was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, fine. Let's give it a try. 
And I was bowled over like what you were saying earlier, Justin, about like how you really come to care about every character. It's all there in the very first episode. The mm -hmm. first episode builds each and every character so perfectly in such a short amount of time mm -hmm. that I instantly cared about like everyone. I knew whatever I knew what everyone's motivations were, what was driving everyone, what their relationships were to each other in just these little bits of information that were just so perfectly communicated. So that by the time I got to the end, it was just like, yeah, just so many feelings for all of these characters. And mm -hmm. what I loved so much about the very beginning was I was like, you don't have to have seen any Star Wars ever to just come right into this show and yep. love it. And it's like mm -hmm. the message is yes. so amazing. And like, like you're saying, it was so like, it's so wonderfully put together that, yeah, the subject matter is darker and depressing, but it's so well done that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not depressing in that empty way. It's a very full feeling. Like, yeah. I, like I'm inspired by it, you know? Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's quote unquote depressing because it's about, it's an adult look at the struggle against fascism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. about becoming the kind of person who's willing to put it all on the line for that struggle. Mm -hmm. And that's not- and it takes you there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. I mean, and- Star Wars has always been about that in a very, for lack of a better term, cartoony way. Yeah, very right. broad, you know what broad I mean? sense. Very broad. And it's yeah. really, and the way it was presented to us, it was always more about the adventure than the the yeah. struggle. Yeah, it was all know? about the it was all about the sort of epic mythic elements. Yeah, of that. And, and and I love yeah. that shit. Don't get yeah, me wrong, no, for sure. You know, and I, I um, but this was, yeah, and you know, I you never needed to have heard the word Skywalker before. To enjoy this show, yeah, yeah, you know everything you get is there. And let's be real, no one was clamoring for a Cassie and Andor show. I mean, I was kind of, I was intrigued when I heard they were doing it. I was like, oh, okay, I liked him. Okay, let's see how it goes. Yeah, I was not expecting this. Not by yeah. the uh, Claire, Claire, yeah. before we move on to theme and like other elements of the things, your reaction to the this finale. Um, I will just quote my sixteen-year-old son, who, upon the final um, scene of the last episode as credits rolled well and then we got interrupted by the the post credits scene which we weren't expecting mm -hmm. and my husband oh, was already I in the bathroom that. at that <gasps> point oh, oh just a post -credit post -credit scene. Scene. yeah yeah go and do go do it's yeah. literally like not it's like five it's, seconds yeah it's, it's really <laughs> yeah. quick yeah but it's but it's powerful. It's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It and answered something that was in all of our heads the whole time. It was sure. yeah. Delightful. We were all um, thinking it, it was a confirmation yeah. of what we were already we thinking. We were all yes. thinking it. Yeah. I, I didn't think it. I didn't even put one no, of them together. I was just thinking was like, the whole time, like, on? what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, like these too. have to be significant. I bet yeah. we're oh, going to see. I, okay. what oh, was are. it just a revelation that they're for the Death Star? Yes. The yeah. piece that they're working yeah, on. It's, it's yeah. a really cool okay. shot, though. I mean, it's you a have, cool it is shot. a nice really shot. Can't. You have to watch it. Yeah. I will watch it. I don't have to watch it. That Star right Wars now. has always right. been yeah. really would... good at is showing you the scale of things. Yeah, it's not I... thematically important. Anyway, yeah. I will well. I will quote my 16-year-old son who very seriously said that I believe is the best Star Wars I've ever seen on a screen. Like mm. just mm. the best, mm -hmm. which warmed my heart so much because I love like 
to react to what Justin is saying about the tone and nature of Star Wars, I I also love the fun, um, you know, all of those that aspect of Star Wars. But the longer the story goes on, if we can just continued in that tone and in that in that way of presenting the story, it becomes more and more frustrating because I was the very first Star Wars I saw was A New Hope, obviously. Um, and as I, I've always carried with me a moment of like when they blow up Alderaan and then we move on just vroom, so quickly, it's like, wow, there's, there is a disconnect from the reality of the situation in in this um and i'm willing to let that go for the the enjoyment of the rest of the movie and and but the longer the story goes on and the more shows that we have to continue to ignore that is is big to me and i've i for a long long time have been wanting show stories in the star wars universe that show me what the people like the people on Alderaan are going through the people on, you know, like I just want to go to places and see who these people are and how they're dealing with things. Um, and that's why I was really grateful for Rogue One, um, regardless of like any issues with it, like melding into the rest of the story or, or you know, some of the specific canon kind of issues people have with a story. It was a story about the fact that there are people on the ground who are literally giving their lives just to forward one small ish thing, you know, in the, the grander scheme of the story. And it puts putting weight on those things then makes me love the original characters more. Um, it, it's an interesting thing to do as a series about a guy we know is going to die in the way that, you know, spoiler alert i guess if yeah. you haven't seen one, rogue one but yeah uh we know I'm how i'm definitely Cassian gonna be re-watching rogue one after this just because uh, i'm like yeah, yeah I, can't I think wait. i'm gonna I wait i think i'm, I'm gonna, gonna wait now until the mm -hmm. end of season, season two, two me too yeah to rewatch rogue one but it is going to hit differently it's, yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's not often and and it's really tough as I mean, there's so much Star Wars content now, and it's not often you really get something that adds flavor to something else that's come out in a, you know, in a way that's just not filling in gaps or holes. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, oh, that's interesting. That's where Ahsoka came from. Okay, cool. Oh, that's where that character was during this. But this is like really, really layering in some important stuff, not into just the characters, but the the Star Wars world. And, and as Claire, you were sort of talking about there, like thematic things, because the I, when the final episode ended, I went back and I watched the first three episodes right away. I was like, I need more right now. And what I love about, especially that third episode is you do see like a community already there mm -hmm. that, you know, they're all hitting the bells. They're all hitting the, you know, the things to let people know that something is going on, you know, quick, get indoors, you know, kind of, it's a, it's a smoke signal. It's mm -hmm. a warning. Um, mm -hmm. And you see that. And, and that was like a, a huge thing watching this is there are no Jedi to help anybody out. There's no Jedi to step in and be like, ha we're here to, to help, to save the day. Mm -hmm. Like this sort of rebellion has to start uh, as was really profoundly put forth in this final episode. 
from little fractions from little pieces and mm -hmm. bits and here and there and and that whole manifesto that was being read and we finally got to hear in this episode was that and in marva's speech um i was like good god uh, like these these elements could be studied for centuries you know mm -hmm. like kind of breaking this down in a manageable way and how it should reflect how it reflects on all the rest of star wars and and stories that we're experiencing in this time and how it it, it is really about where we're at right now as a people again, you know? Uh, Absolutely. And you're touching on something that I really wanted to bring up Yeah, that I feel really sets this show apart again. I mean, there are so many things that set it apart. Um, I was actually, and I will say here, I was actually a huge fan of Rogue One. It's still low-key kind of is my favorite Star Wars movie. No, it's not because so many of my boyfriends are in it. I know that's what you're all thinking. <laughs> but when a movie opens with Mads Mikkelsen and Mendelssohn. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Mikkelsen and Mendelssohn, is that something to do with why you like I'm sorry. Anyway, I mean, I could go on, but I want there, there should be a, an ice cream from Ben and Jerry's called Mikkelsen and Mendelssohn. Mikkelsen and Mendelssohn. Yeah, like little, little death stars in there. It's just my favorite flavor. Anyway, um, but one of the things that really set the show apart for me was the incredible performances. And yes, that oh. a lot of that is the writing, um, but also not. I mean, Fiona Shaw and my boyfriend, Stellan Skarsgård, they were showing up to this like this was the Royal Shakespeare Company. They were not in a Star Wars show. They were giving it 110%. And I haven't really seen performances like this in these sort of big time franchisee type of shows. You know, I think we got it a little bit with Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan. Um, but even then it was like, there was just something about this that was very different. I was so moved by all of the performances, the woman, and I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting her name now, which is a bummer, but the woman who played Mon Mothma. Genevieve mm -hmm. O'Reilly. Unreal. She's stunning. Her yeah, performance was absolutely stunning. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it totally blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and to think that Fiona Shaw was giving that monologue probably on some green screen mocap stage somewhere <laughs> to be projected into the air during this funeral. I was just like, this is artistry at the highest level in yeah. a star Wars show, which to, yeah. like star Wars, you love, of course, star. It's like space Indiana Jones. It's not yeah. to love, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I just want to sandbag everything that everyone has already said about it really being like what we all would have wanted to see in all of the Star Wars films. And of course, yeah. that isn't always possible because as I was sharing with Phil yesterday, Jones is starting to get into like Marvel movies and he's super into it in like the first 40 minutes 
when it's just, you know, action and fun and cool. But then once the like drama takes over, he checks out because as a three and a half year old, he doesn't understand the nuance of what's going on, Mm -hmm. you know? Sure. And so with the Star Wars movies are, you know, as amazing as they are, because it's like, there's something for everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're more, yeah. They're more for kids usually. And I don't want, I don't want every Star Wars thing to be, this and or no. or rogue yeah, one right, right but i do oh. want to infuse a bit of it into all of the other movies to mm. to just i i wish they had trusted i think that audiences are okay with moments of of s- severe emotion alongside the goofy the all the rest of the things that are going on yeah in the I story. mean there were so many kind of there were so many kind of like intimate scenes mm-hmm. that were full of like vulnerability mm-hmm. that um and it doesn't take much I mean like but those always make all the difference with me anyway as a viewer it's like if you just give me one kind of intimate scene between two characters mm-hmm. where they're just apart from all of this shit going on out here are just in a moment relating to each other um it gives me so much more to like hang on to and so much more to like love about the characters and about the overall story if i can get a peek at like who they are and how they relate to other people other characters that mm-hmm. it's like yeah and it like I said, it's not much. It's just this little thing, but man, it works for me every time. Yeah. And I feel and like I, this... and I'll notice when it's not there, you yeah. know? Yeah. I have a question for everyone. Mm-hmm. After having experienced Andor and all of the intimacy and the emotion and the humanity, do you think that it will change the way that you watch Star Wars from here on out? I will say that when I went from seven or eight episodes of Andor to go watch Tales of the Jedi, I experienced some severe watchy whiplash because it was like it was like jumping from Asana into cold into cold. Water. Just that sort of temperature change was like, mm-hmm. whoa, Jedi again. What is happening here? It, it took me a, an episode to kind of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Star Wars. too. I was so involved in Andor. But mm-hmm. uh, so I, you know, I I don't. Like, I'm not going to not enjoy, like, I immediately, though, I was back on board again. I was yeah. like, oh, this is, uh, you know, um, this is amazing still. Like, it's so much fun. And you got those great, some great episodes there um, with characters. So I... here's for me, George Lucas, when he created this whole shebang, what one thing that he didn't really prioritize was performance. Uh, um, you know, like, <laughs> no. if you watch any of the four Star Wars movies he actually directed, like, every actor involved is giving a lesser performance. Do you know what I'm saying? Than you've seen them do before. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Hayden Christensen, like who caught a lot of hell for his performance in the prequels. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he was a thousand times better in Kenobi, a thousand times better. Yeah. And in, in very limited screen time, do you know what I mean? And it's just because George Lucas is like, that'll do it, you know, and, and keep going. You know, he, he, that wasn't his priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be hard for me to accept that sort of thing again. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, I make me feel like you care, you know, as a filmmaker, you know, and I, I and that's that part 
I won't be able to go back to, you know? Um, uh, But it also makes me, Andor made Star Wars a little bit more like the MCU insofar as Andor is the statement, you can do more things with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi tried to do that a little bit, you know, and people went apeshit. You know, they were like, what? What was going on? You know, but this, and maybe it's because there's no Skywalkers and there's no Force and there's, you know, yeah, but yeah. this, you know, if there's room for Guardians of the Galaxy and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. you know, then there's room for Andor and the Star Wars Holiday Christmas Special or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, like there's there's room to do... You know, this is a vast setting filled with possibility. Mm-hmm. And you can tell different kinds of stories. They don't all have to be, you know, swinging over chasms. You know? Yeah. Well, they, they even successfully told different kinds of stories within Andor. Yeah, and it oh, yeah. all worked. It all came together. I yeah. have to, I, this leads into um, what I'm going to say about how I can rewatch the other movies. Um, I just want to everybody to sit with a moment of not silence. Cause this is a podcast, but something <laughs> that equates to that um, <laughs> for just, just a moment of awe and reverence about Stellan Skarsgård's face acting while mm. he was watching the funeral speech Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just like it nailed the entire show like it it just tied it down and i love the thing that kept hitting me every time i watched an episode of andor was i i don't want to say it's the first time because i think um mandalorian and i think obi-wan both kind of gave me um this as well but these are this is the first time i have ever experienced star wars where i did not hate a hefty percentage of the characters mm-hmm. <laughs> like i cannot watch the i love donald gleason with every fiber of my being but i hate his character in star wars when he's on screen i want to scratch my ears out of my sure. head sure. yeah i just can't and it's not because Heard it's not because of acting. It's not because of whatever. It's just, it is an inane character who is not, has not earned the right to be where he is in the story. And that happens so much in star Wars. And in this show, I think it just really brought it home because I think more than any other of the series, there were, there was the potential to have those characters in this show. Mm -hmm. And I did not hate anyone i there was no character on the show that when they showed up on screen i wasn't grateful and wanted more screen time with them every time they showed up and that goes all the way down to the most irksome you know on paper irksome people and and that is that's a that's a big deal and so that that for me really um is the the line in the sand for me on what star wars i will watch and what i won't watch um and it and i i, I want to emphasize again it's not about the actor it's not about like no, you're, no, you're no. I, I you're heard you're it's heard. not about any down. of those things mm-hmm. it's about whether or not there's 
a, a reason for them to be on screen other than to be annoying. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's why it's like, again, going back to just that first episode, even I was just so bowled over at like the Cyril character Ugh. and even yeah. like in that first episode, Ugh. his, um, you know, the dude above him, chief sergeant dude who gave mm -hmm. some kind of monologue about mediocrity <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> all of these characters I instantly was like oh and I I love when we plumb the depths of villains oh, like yeah. oh, don't yeah. just give me a two-dimensional cardboard Bad guy like, like yeah <laughs> no I want to know why I want to know mm -hmm. what's driving them mm -hmm. I want to know what's happening to make them feel like this is the right way i want to know uh, what's going on in their bedrooms because if we do not get sexy times with cyril and what's her name in season two <laughs> had, if we I do not get some sort of of, Deidre. of yeah yeah if we yeah. do not get that and just I, uh, see the craziness that would be their sex life i have to say i will I, I had so many mixed feelings when they were like inches from each other oh my god yeah. I, was like, I was like should yeah, i care same. about this but it's gross but it's horrible but should i care oh my god what's same. happening now to just totally add same. some leather yeah. add some leather into that and you're, you see where my head is going and oh once god. they got it. into that when they got into that position i should thank you i was uh, literally sitting there being like no fucking way they're yeah. doing this yes right way. now yeah, yeah. Yes was i was lot. so relieved that they pulled out of that scene yeah yeah like what is yes. about to happen because here? i was like because they don't were... do that right now yeah, now, yeah. Is, not now is not the time i'm glad <laughs> that's what they i were... like about these filmmakers is they know when now is not the time <laughs> yeah. for something oh yeah the, oh. both of them were thinking of what they were going to do like they were thinking oh. about scenarios they wanted to play out I'm sure they yeah. were I, before they even have their uh, first kiss i also want to have a moment of pseudo silence <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's appropriate for us all to sit in reverence of andy circus is oh. kino loy boom my god we had the biggest reaction when he showed up on screen like there was screaming in our and just but amazing he what was he coming in hot and stayed hot. And then it was just like that. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. second that they're all like, we're free. And he's like, I can't swim. I can't swim. <laughs> you, oh and they don't show God. us. They, yeah. We don't get to know what happens to no. him, which is no. a fascinating like director or, or whatever, you know, show running yeah. choice because he just made that speech and it seems so like yeah. that would have been such a, a, on the nose Star Wars moment for us to see him either be helped or not helped. And we have no idea. And it just, I love. Oh, and what a perfect theme for the show yeah. where it's like, yeah. you don't get to know what happens to these people that you really care about. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like sink or swim. Yeah. And how much they developed all of these characters that lasted like five seconds. Like yeah. Vix's boyfriend. Like, oh my or God. What's his yeah. name? What's uh, his Tim. name? From, the, from bear. the beginning <laughs> yeah or Same. how much exactly how much yeah. we felt about um the two rebel uh girls that were the couple that oh, oh god Cinta. Cinta and yes yeah. like we got how many lines of dialogue and we understand the volumes the, about yeah. the moment she said yeah. just turn around and look at me and she turned around from the window or what she said whatever she said to get her to turn around they just yeah. stood there looking at each other uh in silence was 
more powerful than any bit of dialogue that could have been that George Lucas could have been like, you know, written in or whatever. I am. Mm -hmm. um, I there are two things I want to say. One is like uh, Lisa was talking about the intimacy earlier. I haven't seen Star Wars in which there's the use of they use the medium close up so many times in this show, just still on people like kind of getting in there and, and staying on their faces. And that's especially this last episode. It was really about connecting with the, the human, like the faces of all these humans, even when one of them dies and hits the ground. Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but you meet him in the first episode. He's or one of the first few episodes. He's trying to get Andor off uh, uh, the rock and Andor's like he's bartering with him. I can't think of the character's name. You, but, I don't know his name either, but you you're know talking about the guy who he spoke his to on the radio. His name is Zan. It, he, Zan is his name. Zan? He jumps on the <laughs> stormtrooper's back and gets yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know mm -hmm, I mean? The camera stays on him dead for, for a, long time. a long time. And yeah. and that's like, you don't see that a lot in Star Wars. Like the camera just holding on someone's face. Mm -hmm. So you get a clear feeling of, of who they are in a moment. And that mm -hmm. speaks to Lisa talking about that intimacy. Um, but also... Uh, Claire, you were talking about the moment Luthen was listening to the speech. And you see this a lot in the show about how characters influence other characters through how like how words and ideas are passed on. Mm. And, you know, Luthen had a really strong way of looking at things through this show. Like he, he vocalizes in that amazing speech oh. that he has uh, on the walkway with the the guy who looks like he was born to be part of the empire. <laughs> like the minute, yeah. I, the minute I saw that uh, the guy on screen, I'm like, this dude is full on empire. Like he's or like, as he I was telling Lisa, empire than anybody. As I was okay. telling Lisa, the luckiest actor in the universe. <laughs> yeah, right? Like yeah. you just get right. to stand there while he look, delivers and yeah. receive uh, speech to yeah. you. Yeah, you're not yeah. even yeah. acting. <laughs> show up. <laughs> he just showed up. He got paid to be there for that. That's Seriously. amazing. Like, but I, but I mean, like, how much do you think? Do you, like, I saw even Luthen changing in that moment. Opening up. It was Luthen has an arc. He has a very yeah. clear arc. And and even yeah. in those last, like, and I, I, I just see that happen. And yeah. was to me like to go from the scene with Saw Gerrera, which those scenes were amazing, by the way between Luthen and Saw yeah. were oh, like on. master classes in yeah. character exchange totally. and writing and everything. But to see him go through that, just to see characters change, I guess is what I'm saying, yeah. and be affected by one another and not just have like a goal that they had mm -hmm. to accomplish was- and, and more than that, for it to be a non-action arc. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Luthen, I mean, except in episode three, Luthen's not in any fights. Luthen's no. not shooting people or, you know, yeah. running and jumping and stuff. Oh. You know, Luthen is a, a man with goals and we come to realize he's a man who he's like his humanity has almost been burned from him yeah. mm -hmm. or so he thinks. Yeah. Right. You know, and he rediscovers it listening to that speech. And that's yeah. an incredible moment. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah. There know? was a moment it in during that speech and i watched it with lisa she was here but this is the sacrifice the sacrifice that we're talking about yeah that i'm talking about yes mm -hmm. where he's standing on the bridge and his like cape is blowing in the wind uh. the draft <laughs> and i was sitting there and i was like i for sure for five seconds was like 
is this a Jedi reveal right now? <laughs> I like yeah. from the energy and the way mm -hmm. that it's shot with the with the flowing cape and everything. Mm -hmm. I was like, no. It feels. But like I also would have been like, okay. Sure. <laughs> I don't. I don't I'm, know that. Like the the whole escape from the tractor beam scene. Like brilliant. Oh. If anything's gonna put Han Solo to shame for his ability to like oh my escape God. out of a tight position, but that whole damn. ship thing with the well, laser, the like damn. that was like a, a lightsaber with a ship. I mean, it was. But literally, yeah, I was sitting cool. like. I mean, talk about again. I could have an entire episode where I just talk about Stellan Skarsgård's performance in this. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, I was literally like, Han Solo who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never For heard real. of him. All right, let's, yeah. dial, let's, dial, it, let's dial it back. Up, let's let uh, everyone needs to calm down. Too let's, far no, let's, <laughs> no, but uh, here's oh, the thing. Funny. Here's the thing that caught me. Because I agree that you you see him standing there with his cloak and mm -hmm. his, you know, and delivering this speech. And then you see him do this masterful, you know, escape in the ship. Yeah. But the subtle thing that makes me wonder, is this motherfucker a Jedi? Is when he goes to see Saw the second time mm. and the guards roust him. Mm -hmm. And the black guard is looking at this baton thing that mm -hmm. that luthan has and he's like yeah. and luthan's like hey either drop it or give it back do you know what i'm saying and i was like yeah. mm -hmm. that motherfucker's got a lightsaber right there mm -hmm. in his hands <laughs> you know like it, mm -hmm. we're not wrong yet and I here's mean, the thing yeah well we no know. we're not wrong yet and i don't I mean, know that kelly I sue is really good know. at calling these things from <laughs> way out. I, don't, I don't need to know if he's a jedi <laughs> I don't want exactly. to see him go buck wild with a lightsaber that's not no. the point right no right really it would be cool if he had been a Jedi mm -hmm. as the as something that adds layers to his character. Mm -hmm. But I want him to be who he's been thus far. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't want him no. force levitating shit. I don't want that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, and I'll say here, and then I promise I won't say anything else about it because it's not the Stellan Skarsgård show. It's called oh. Andor. <laughs> My favorite <laughs> moment of his amongst them all is when he puts on that fucking wig and, and changes he does personality. his like uh, completely yeah. changes and kind of like laughs to himself and i was like that's it yeah <laughs> it's that's it yeah. yeah um i can't leave this discussion without talking about like the influences that kept coming to you know like what i thought this show like was similar to in terms of like, okay, I see why this, this plot is working. Um, I, it, and it's just because I just watched it for the very first time in my, you know, in the recent past, like within a couple of months, but this Andor was the wire in, in the star Wars universe. It was all about the bureaucracy of like and and having to manage an organization on both sides of the fence it it was about you know the character that is trying to um push the system into doing what they think the system should be doing on both sides you'd luthen and you had um the the ISB 
I can never remember her name. Dedra Mira. Dedra, thank you. And Dedra, they're both characters like Dominic West from The Wire where they are they are attempting to step out of their system to push the 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 action, the plot, the, the, you know, their stories in a particular direction and they don't care about breaking the rules, you know, to do that moral rules, you know, rules of, of bureaucracy and, and all of this other stuff. And I just like, it just made me appreciate, like I, we got so many like conference room, like office conference room moments with the empire and how they, how this massive thing operates and that's something that i've always felt like a void about in star wars we get little glimpses of like interpersonal relationships on the death star in some of the first movies but this is the first time that they showed me oh okay yeah this is this is really the environment that has been created in this fascist organization of competitiveness and your boss pitting you against, you know, somebody else in your, your organization. And that, that sense of it, just all of that detail. And it, it, I get that it sounds so mundane, right. But really good writing and really good shows like the wire and Andor, like, and that's not the only show that like kept, you know, ringing in my head. I, I felt like the Americans in there sometimes. And then I felt so much resonance with the expanse in this show over and over and over again. I know you all did too, cause you're all nodding, your heads. but it's, it's, the, it's the, the, it's the fact that they recognize the importance in the, of the mundane to the story arc. I like that. I don't know. No, I, like, I like that a lot. I like, I like that a lot. Well, yeah, it, I think it's just as simple as stories are supposed to be about people. And people reveal themselves when they interact with each other, not when they punch each other. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And like, I mean, I love action as much as anybody. I do, you know, but if you make me care about the people, then you've got me no matter yeah. what it is you're doing on screen. Yeah. Um, now, there isn't they, spent, a... they spent time showing us just the day-to-day workings of the prison, which mm-hmm. was fascinating, fascinating to me, and by stress the way. Inducing. That whole... Stress-inducing. <laughs> yeah. Like, that whole, like, like just about, as... A, like, I was just going to say, it's just as a sci-fi, like, set piece, that was... Uh, I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. It so but it's, like, just, like, the fact that, I mean that they they visited so many different kinds of stories even in just mm-hmm. andor's arc where it's like it's a police raid story it's a heist it's a prison escape mm-hmm. it's uh you know revolution mm-hmm. and you get all of these kind of like like all these different kinds of like genres yeah it's like one after the other and the whole way you're like yeah you're you're spending time with the characters the whole way through so that it all feels very natural and all feeds into the next step really naturally because yeah you're focusing on what would this character as we've established them so far through their relationship to other characters do in this moment and it lets the characters guide the story and that's where it's at mm-hmm. It's, a, it's it's the 70s cinema of Star Wars right now. It's it really mm-hmm. 
you see a lot of influence well, and that's that's and, tony gilroy like tony Gil- yeah he's a cinematic storyteller and he so he pulls from not necessarily other tv per se but from his influences and films from the 70s and things like that mm-hmm. and it's it's really cool to kind of see that hybrid of uh like a a cinematic adventure in star wars that kind of pulls from that because we haven't really seen that yet and, and i like that a lot I really do, especially like um, the prison break stuff and things like that. Very, very seven. This is inspired. a total offshoot, but I think it's it speaks to the larger experience of the show. It, somehow, I'm, I'll I'm I'll figure out how it's a parallel as I'm talking about it. <laughs> um. So my favorite kind of storytelling is the kind where you, as the audience member, um, show up, and it's all just happening around you. There's not a lot of exposition. There's not a lot of, there's like nothing that's getting explained to you. You're just dropped in it and you get to experience all of it. Um, Andor was like a masterclass in this kind of storytelling where it's just Mm -hmm. sort of like, we're not going to tell you who this person is, but by the end of this episode, you're really going to give a shit about them. Even if they're bad, even if they're good, even Mm -hmm. if they're in between, whatever, right? And I had this experience with so many characters, but one of the ones that really stands out is uh, the Olaf character on in the prison, the old man who oh. um, yeah. who dies. Actor. Yeah, character actor. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Man, I know this guy. Yeah, where do I know this guy from? Oh, you know, you know, you know where he's from. Yeah, you know, I knew where he was and from right so away too. Yeah. I was like, but and and it wasn't it wasn't even just me being like, oh my gosh, I recognize this guy and trying to figure <laughs> out where I know him from. But then by the end, when the guy comes up and is just like, yeah, we're just gonna have to put him down. I was like, wait a minute, what? Put him down? And then just like sort of like, yeah, you know, whatever. But at least he gets out of here. And everybody's like, huh? Wait a minute, what? That entire, the way that they did that entire scene was so remarkable because you're having a massive reveal. You're having tons of information about what's actually going on in this prison that was already very mysterious. You're getting a peek at, I mean, you see Andy Serkis's reaction. You see uh, Diego Luna's reaction. You see the guy who's like so hardened that he's just like, yeah, whatever, you know, nobody really gets out of here. And it's all four of these shockingly different responses to this new information. And then you as an audience member are sitting there being like, I don't even know how to feel about what you just dropped on me right now. Whoa. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, I know where I know this guy from. He's the guy who gets the smackdown at the very beginning of Batman. Batman 89. Yeah. What, what are you, man? I'm Batman. It's, that's that's the He's, guy. Yeah. The doctor or wow. the wow. guy who dies. The guy who He's dies. Also, <laughs> He's also the antiques dealer in yeah. uh Guardians of the in Galaxy. Yeah. yeah. He's yes. in a lot of stuff. He's in a lot of stuff. He pops up. He's in Alien 3. He's in <laughs> But it was I was like things. Batman was totally what I was thinking yeah, of. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's who it is." And of course, everyone in my house is like you are such a nerd. <laughs> and you I know, was like, thank you. you know who, uh, Dendra, the actress who plays Dendra is, mm-hmm. she was the waif in Game of Thrones. So when Arya is in the 
mm. house of the faces or whatever. And she's apprenticing to learn how to do the faces thing, whatever that is. The so weird, the, the jealous chick, mm-hmm. the, yeah. That was dead. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I recognized her. Cool. Um, I had jumped ship on game of Thrones by that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I was surprised I was still there. I was confused uh, as to how I was still involved. I do. Wanna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, we haven't talked a lot about Andor uh, yet. We've talked a lot of, <laughs> you, and I think maybe we need to spend a couple, like at least a couple minutes here at the end talking about Andor because there was a line of dialogue near the end that Marva passed through. Um, what's his name? Um, uh, his friend. That met him in the kind of the sewer area there. Brasso. Brasso. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you, Brasso. Where he was like, mm-hmm. actually, she did have, she said you'd say that. And she also mm-hmm. said this, like, you have the, the, you have the feelings to know what to feel. And the, there's this great line of dialogue. Um, and when those come together, you're going to be like a, a hero. Mm-hmm. And I was like, force for good. Yeah. yeah. Or, or force for good. And I was like, holy shit. Like it was, and, and I'm going to love you more than. <laughs> And I'll love you no, no matter yeah, what. Sorry, yeah, guys. right. Sorry, it's like it's all right. yeah. we can all see it coming. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you made it point. this far. Like, that, I mean, it's a lot. Like that. Yeah. Like, and you you can you see Marva saying it. That's how well yeah. you love these characters. You can see her like taking Andor and just like oh. But mm. I mean, it's so hard to write a character that doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 Andor cares about a lot of things though. I mean, he cares about Marva. He cares about B two. He cares about Bix. He cares about his community. He he wants to find his sister. He but he's also like in in a in a lesser story, a character like that would be hard to follow because they'd kind of be a cipher. They're like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I care about myself, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's also given so much to care about at the same time. And and it's it's such a well done job of you know, like I don't even I don't even know how to put it into words right now, um, other than what I've just said. It, what's, it, so, do... what's so well communicated in mm-hmm. his character is how quiet he is. Mm-hmm. Like so much of the series, he's in observation mode mm-hmm. where he's just watching what's happening and he's taking it in and you can see the gears going mm-hmm. as he's kind of like, and as in like every new situation that he's in, you can see him working out what the strategy is right and it kind of like so he's not this like bombastic look at me character and he's also not the kind of character that's going to tell everybody exactly what he's all about mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like he he's a character that keeps it real close to the chest um because that's how he has survived this whole time mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah I, you, know- you do kind of get the sense through that yeah. that he is not connected that he's not that he is selfish that he's Mm -hmm. not connecting to people and you kind of get some of that sense but you can also see where it's like you know there's only like he can't as he comes to realize he can't get out of his situation that the empire is going to follow him everywhere fascist and fascism is going to follow the people everywhere there's no safe place for anybody to be and you see that it's like he there are people that he cares about very deeply even though he may not say it out loud but that's another genius element of the show and of the performance that Diego Luna gives Mm -hmm. that it's like you can see everything that's going on inside of him 
without him having to say anything or do anything huge. Mm -hmm. It's like really subtle performance, really well done. Well, and it's mirrored, Lisa, you're, you're the, everything you just said also makes me think that like the writing for him, obviously as well, like matches up to that because it's striking to me now thinking about like all of the flashback scenes that we get where we see his, his, you know, when he's young and what did or didn't happen on this planet with all of the, you know, kids and how he's rescued. Um, and we're never given that full story. And so it kind of leads into that. It, it supports, it upholds that sense of like, this is not a guy who goes around letting everybody know his whole story. And it, it, it also gave the impression of like, there's so much poignancy around him, not him in, in the beginning looking for his sister, because you get the sense that he just doesn't have the whole story, even himself. He's not, he doesn't have all of the, the knowledge and memory and, and uh, about what happened to him. Um, it's just, it's just a really nice little bit of storytelling that we're not like given the A, B, and C yeah. equals conclusion of his backstory. Just these, these, the way humans, you know, remember things in their, in our extremely faulty way. Um, but even subtle things too, like when he chose, like without missing a beat, when he chose his alias, when he went like on the heist mission, and Stellan Skarsgård was like, you need to pick a name. And he instantly was like, Clem. <laughs> and it took, I don't know if it was like, we were still getting the backstory of what was going on, that it like, that it's revealed that Clem was like, you know, his father along with um, Marva. Marva being his mother. Hmm. And it's like, oh, so it's like, even just in moments like that, with that realization that it's like, oh, you can, you can feel like the kind of like the you can feel how much he cares about these people in his life mm -hmm. and that there's a moral structure in there that he's been given, that there's a guide he's been given that he, he, he wants to apply, but maybe doesn't know how to yet. Yeah. You know, God, think of how much we have to go back and rewatch that was probably important that we haven't realized yet. And yep, so I think there's so many of those flashbacks. It's going to be a show that really yeah. rewards rewatching, yeah. I, think. I think. Like so. The Expanse, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the great thing about everything you guys just said, all of which I completely agree with, is that it makes Andor this perfect vehicle for taking the audience on the ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. he's not always telling us who he is. But he's showing us, mm -hmm. but he, and he's showing us in ways that are are subtle and are you know, mm -hmm. he can, we can he becomes a character that stands in for us in the story, because he really is just a regular guy. I mean, he's competent, but we all think we're competent, right? You know, and he, we can all relate to loving your mother and your father and your home and your ex girlfriend. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if, if B2 is closer to being his little brother or his family pet, but whatever, you know what I mean? Like loving the people in your life, you know, and wanting to search for the people who you, who you can't find, the people who you still love and having questions about where you come from and stuff like that. We can all relate to that. Mm -hmm. And 
So he's he is a vibrant character with all the qualities that you guys gave him. And yet he is, in a way, he's this sort of blank slate that allows us to put ourselves on him. Mm-hmm. And so as he goes from someone who's just living his life, doing his thing, trying to get by, trying to, you know, keep the lights on to someone who's willing to die to make the world a better place. What they're saying is this could happen to anyone. Mm -hmm. This could be you. This is what radicalization is. Even if it's good radicalization. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I mean like what you're saying about him, like about him not being good at everything. Like, you know, that he's not necessarily like special. He's not the best pilot. He's not the best this or the exactly. best that. Yeah. He's just he, competent. He, you know, he's just exactly. really competent. And that, like what a key feature that is. Mm-hmm. And like I also saying, love to be, to be that relatable. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. no. It was just like- that was, a, that was a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay, good. I, it's just like, and for Diego Luna to give- an equally compelling yet inviting performance. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Andor is a fully realized character under his ability, but he's also opening Andor up for us. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? And I think that's like, that takes a very special kind of performer. I think, yeah. I think Diego Luna will constantly be getting, because everyone else has a slightly flashier performance. I think Diego Luna is not is going to get slept on by and large, and maybe I mean maybe that's the way it's supposed to be, you know. Mm. But he is amazing in this role, and you know he's it's it's an outstanding piece of work by all involved to create this character in this way. Yeah. Well, I think that that also speaks to all of the like his performance. And the, his performance as Andor and the way that the character of Andor is presented throughout the show, um, it oddly aligns with everything that you just shared about the character, which is so right on. Like, we experience the character of Cassian Andor through the impact that he unknowingly has on all of these other characters, and some of whom don't even meet him. Mm-hmm. And that is what helps him to feel like this legend, you know, that he's this person that so many people are after um, for reasons that are largely sort of like, like wrong place at the right time kind of circumstances, you know, like you had just said, it's not because he's a Jedi. It's not because he's like the Harry Potter of the series, you know? Um, and I think that that's such a being an, being the headlining name and not having the headlining necessarily performances throughout the show makes the show and makes the character. It's yeah, like, he, he doesn't get the speech about what he sacrificed. Uh-uh. And 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 he doesn't deliver the speech that motivates the prisoners. He literally he gives makes it to someone the, else. He <laughs> yeah. makes that the other brilliant. guy. Think. Yeah, it's like yeah. You know? do this. You've got it in you. Yeah, you know? and it's you know he knows where he's a very good director. A he's a very yeah. good director. Very good director. He, yeah, you're their leader. You have yeah. to lead yeah. now. He knows you know? where he stands. It, yeah, it is. Like I said, it's just 
it's this amazing collaboration, you know, between the writers, the director and the performers, you know, all the way around. It's just a really rare character on any kind of story to have a character like Cassian who knows himself. Yeah. He doesn't really know that he knows himself and he doesn't know himself in all situations, but he does know who he is and what role he plays. And he's okay. He's okay. And he can still that. grow. I mean, he's a character that we see writing himself, you know, he's looking for his story essentially. And so I, which is, he has to be lifted up by two characters. Uh, I love at the end of the third episode when both Marva is lifting him off and also Marva and Clem are taking him away and then at the same time Luthen is taking him away there's this mm-hmm. great sort of like parallel when those two storylines come together like he yeah uh yeah there's so many great so, so many great things parallel yeah. things and things that par- paralleled Rogue One like mm-hmm. when he finds out that his mother has died mm-hmm. in episode 11 yeah mm-hmm. and he stands there at the beach looking out oh yeah which is exactly how he dies yeah Standing there looking I, out at the beach. I and was you're shouting, like, and then you're like, his world is ending. His world is ending. Like I was, yeah. I was like, holy yeah. shit. These people know what the hell they're doing. God it's, damn. Uh, <laughs> it's great. And we've been, I mean, like we could keep talking and yeah. I, I want to keep talking, but we've been at it for an hour, which is, yeah. uh, I think, uh, I think. A little long for pop-up. Yeah, a little long. Well, I was expecting an hour, <laughs> at least an hour long. So, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back again soon. Uh, I mean, if you enjoyed this conversation, we've got we're going to be at Los Angeles Comic Con, our first live appearance as a podcast group. Justin and Lisa have never even met each other in person. I haven't. Met I haven't Lisa met Claire. Either. Oh, Claire and Lisa haven't met each other in person. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's, you and Kelly Sue sneaking off by yourselves to like Thanksgiving and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that's some privilege. It's, there. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna see us meet each other. Some of us meet each other the first for the first time, December fourth at Los Angeles Comic Con. We've got two panels, mm-hmm. one in which we're going to be talking about uh, Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, the first mm-hmm. one, just as the second one is coming out here, and the other one where we're going to talk about how we let uh, the things that we enjoy, uh, and not necessarily the things we talk about here, but definitely that as well, um, inspire our own creations. Because we've got a lot of creative people on this panel doing some really creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you can check out our uh, ever-expanding catalog of conversations uh, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, know that, you know, there'll be some soon again, uh, like at some point, we're thinking the new year now, we're going <laughs> to dive into David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks, finally, uh, with our podcast called That Gum You Like, uh, and more pop-ups like this whenever we feel like it. Uh, really, the best thing to do is to stay up to date as we go at Popsicle Pod on all social media or wherever, you know, you get your sort of information like that because there's so many social media sites now i promise i'll have us up on hive and mastodon or something as well soon um uh or a newsletter at popsiclepod.com that's p-o-p-s-k-l-p-o-d uh until next time climb This has been a Popsicle Podcast production.
totally thought that you were going to go one way out route. <laughs> one way out. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they say climb. He says climb at the end too. Like one of the, one of the last yes. things he tells his friends is, uh, and then climb. climb. Climbing oh. is a huge, it, it's, it's, I mean, I was so struck with them shooting and showing Andor climbing up into mm -hmm. his little perch. Yeah. And the, you know, like, I, oh, yeah. There's yeah. so many, it, they use that so often, so well. Can so I just assume it's a given that we are going to, whenever it happens, we are going to do uh, that episode was for Andor season two? Yes. Oh, please. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we'll do an ongoing yeah for that i think definitely because yeah. oh, in, in 2024 we, clearly we all signed on so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah we've got the numbers <laughs>